Why don't you just turn to the person next to you and just ask the question, do you want to be in this for the long haul? Do you want to be in this for the long haul? And I'm not just talking about this preach. I'm not just talking about the next 20, 25 minutes. Um, I'd love you to stick around. If you need to go, that's fine. But um, I'm actually talking about life. I'm talking about never giving up. I'm talking about having a heavenly perspective. Um, this time of year is an interesting time of year. I don't know um, whether anyone else kind of remembers sports days, but we kind of had our, our memory jogged with sports days because we went to go and watch um, our eldest son, Noah, at his first sports day. And it brought back memories of my sports days at school. And, you know, we'd have houses and we'd compete for the house cup. And it was, honestly, it was such a big thing. It was bigger than playing other teams from different schools. The rivalry within the own, our own school was crazy. And I remember um, one year I was asked by the housemaster when we got to the event, Could, can you run this race for your friend? He, um, he's pulled out. He's not very well. I'm pretty convinced he skived and didn't want to run. But so we get to the race, and I'm ready for the race. And I, and I know, and I'm, I'm quite a confident kid, and I, I kind of back myself a bit. But I was, up, I was up for this run. I was really up for it, and I thought, I, I, I think I can do this. I knew that there was one other runner who actually ran for county, um, but that was all I knew, and because I was humble, I still thought I could beat him. Um, and so I started my run, and we, we, we got going. In the first 100 metres... I, I was doing really well. I was, I was with, with this guy, and I thought, if I can just keep on his shoulder, I know that I can probably get him. 200 meters, still, still with him. 300 meters, I'm realizing I've actually got a lot more in the tank than I thought. Get to the 300-meter mark, and as we're coming around the bend, and we can see the home straight for the final 100 meters of this 400-meter run, I, I, I start sprinting. And I'm going for it, and I can hear the crowd, and I can hear the house, and everyone shouting their, who they're supporting. They're supporting them, they're encouraging them, they're cheering them. And I'm realizing I'm actually really pulling away at this point, and I, I'm going to win the race. And so I cross the line, and I humbly get ready to you know, start slowing down, turn around to greet the people behind me that are losers. Um, and I am um, ready to shake their hands and say, well done, good effort. And then two things happen. I noticed that um, drowning out the sound of the crowd, I hear this ringing in the background. And I simultaneously also see the people that have lost chasing and f running a lot faster than they were at the beginning of that race. And it occurs to me, there's another lap to go. The lactic acid has built up, I'm exhausted, I want to walk off the track, I want to give up, I want to say that's it, I'm done. I wonder, do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like, actually I'm doing really well? In fact, we get a bit confident in ourselves, we think I'm doing so well, I'm, I'm going to be fine, I'm actually doing really well. In fact, people can congratulate me, I'm doing so well. And then out of nowhere, you want to give up. Maybe even you sometimes wake up in the morning and you don't want to get out of bed or you, you wake up and you've had a bit of time and you look at the clock and you think, gosh, I thought it was like midday and it's actually only 8 a.m. Or maybe something happens in your life and it actually causes a huge ripple effect on so many relationships around you. And you have to know what to do in that moment. You have to know how to deal with it. One of... Um, my favorite stories to read my boys is we're going on a bear hunt 
Do you know it? We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. We're not scared. Oh, no. Mud. Thick, oozy mud. We can't go around it. We can't go over it. We can't go under it. We've got to go. We've got to go. We've got to go through it. I wonder whether actually that story tells us a lot about life and the importance of resilience and not giving up, choosing to go through things. And really, I think when we think about our life, we all in some way have faith for something for the future. Faith is what you have when you don't see what you want, when you see the mud in front of you, when you see the swishy-swashy grass, when you see the rivers in front of you. Faith is what you have when you don't feel anything. Faith is the thing you need when you're in the hardest times in life. Because you don't need to use your faith in the good moments, do you? You only need them in those tough moments. And if you haven't already, can I just prepare you that at some point you might find yourself questioning God? You might find yourself questioning if he's good, if he's listening to you, if he actually has good plans for you. I remember for me, just after um, we finished basically our, my degree at St. Melitus, just as COVID was kind of beginning, I began to really have some big questions. And I was studying theology. I'd become so wrapped up with all of the theology and all these big questions and all of these different theologians. I thought, there's, no, there's nothing I really can add here. And I just had to come back to basics. That God is good, that he loves me, and that we're all, we are all significant. He has a plan for us, and that there is a hope beyond this world. This isn't it. That's why, by the way, we encourage at this church for people to do Alpha. It's an opportunity where you can come and ask some of those massive questions that you might have in your life. And so where we place our faith, it really matters. It matters because we're all going to go through stuff. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. We're not going to give up. We've got faith. Oh no. That job that I was promised, it's gone. Can't go around this. Can't go over this. Can't go under this. We've got to go through this. We're going to follow Jesus. Oh no. There's a bereavement in my family. I can't go around this. I can't go over this. I can't go under this. I've got to go through this. There's always going to be things in our life that we're going to have to go through. And a passage for me that really helped me when I was kind of in that place with questioning and has been a passage, it's going to be like a life passage for me from the Bible. In those tough moments, it's been from the book of Hebrews, verse 12, verses 1 to 4, and it says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him 
who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We want to be people who are going to run with passion, run with purpose, and run with perspective. And it says in this passage that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Consider the great cloud of witnesses. Do you ever watch a, pro- a film or a program and find yourself in that moment where your, your favorite character or the main character is suddenly like they're beginning to give up? They're tempted to pack it all in. They're, they're, all of their hope is going. For me, most recently, that was watching Chris Hemsworth in Extraction 2. Um, but we all have those moments, don't we? And you know when you're in the, in the film, you're in the movie theater, you're in the cinema, and, and you kind of get that feeling like everyone else, in their own hearts, they're imploring that character not to give up. It's a little bit like that. I, I think for some of us, we need to know that actually in the midst of our critical situation, in the midst of when we're about to give up, we have people that have gone before us that are cheering us on. That actually we have way more people wanting us to succeed than wanting us to fail. We have a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, encouraging us. We need to learn to hear their voices of never give up, keep going. You can win, you can finish this race. Believing and hoping that we would make the choices that would lead to breakthrough in our generation that lead to life and not to death. We can't allow their cheers to be drowned out by the voices or the negative discouragement constantly hitting us in the face from all around us. One of the um, best bits of advice I've been given actually came from um, one of my uncles and he, he said this, don't travel alone. It's really simple. Of course, yes, we need to get time away to have space, especially if you're an introvert, you definitely need that. If you've got children, you definitely need to find time and space away to relax and to recover and recharge. Jesus spent time on his own. I was reading just this morning that just before he chose his 12 followers that he spent a whole night praying. Maybe that's some advice. Whenever we have a big decision to make, spend some time praying before that. But also Jesus really, really understood the importance of being around other people as well. He chose those followers because he knew that he needed that encouragement, that community. How much more do we need it? How much more do we need each other? Yes, on a Sunday, 100%. Get in a group. Find people that you can be honest and real with and can cheer you on. It makes all the difference to us. Isolation, I think, is one of the greatest dangers in our society. It's absolutely the case as church leaders, and it's something that I have personally put, um, some, made some decisions because I'm so aware of the danger it's had for other people in the past. Make sure you're not doing this life on your own. And in order to run well, there's a few suggestions here in this passage. Firstly, throw off everything that hinders. This is really about us learning to consider ourselves. What are the things that we need to get rid of? What are the things that we need to strip down to get off us so that we can run well? You know, that sports day I mentioned earlier on, Noah's sports day, it was interesting. All of the parents turned up in shorts, T-shirts, and trainers. They might not have cared if their child won, and it was about the taking part, but I guarantee you, when it came to parents, when it comes to they're very, very competitive. So you can imagine the disappointment or maybe relief for some when the rain started pouring down and it was cancelled for the kids' race. But we need to learn to get rid of the stuff that hinders us. The other day, um, 
Rachel was having a workout. And uh, this is a little example of what I'm talking about. Well done, babe. It's good. I'm also her personal Four. trainer. Four. Three. Come on. Let's go, Bubs. <laughs> what we put on us matters. It really matters. Yeah, very well done, babe. Three months post-pregnancy, very impressive. Um, we, um, what we put on us matters. What we put into us matters. Um, for my birthday last year, I was given a, a gift um, that I was really grateful for, but I also recognised possibly could have been offended by, but I was gracious in receiving. Um, it was a food intolerance test kit, um, which basically suggested to me that there were some things that I was eating that were having an impact on those around me. And so basically what you get is you get a, um, a little test and you have to take this test. And uh, what this test shows you is what actually is not good for you, not good for your system. Um, it's really interesting. I I'm not great with cow's milk. I really now know that. In fact, I, had I thought I had a problem with Weetabix. It just turns out it was the milk I was putting onto the Weetabix that had the problem. So I was really grateful. I actually love Weetabix. Old my milk all the way in Weetabix. That's, I love it. That's my treat. Um, and then also, interestingly, egg yolk. I, li I love eggs. It's really disappointing. Then lettuce. I wasn't so bothered about lettuce. Do you know you can be intolerant to lettuce? I was personally thrilled by that. But um, you, don't have to, you don't have to worry. But it's interesting because I, even though I know that, I still really want to have a milkshake sometimes. Even though I know that, I, I actually really love having Eggs Benedict. I, and I, I know there's stuff that's not good for me, but yet I still choose to put it into me. This is what this passage is talking about. It's saying that when, when we try to run a race, but we ultimately don't pursue holiness we'll get slowed down. We'll actually have an impact on others around us, not for the better. And, uh, and it will be slowed down. It will hinder us. It will have an impact on us. And interestingly, I think it's important for maybe one or two people to hear today that not every good thing is a God thing. What I mean by that is that it might sound good and it might look good and it might be good for a season, but just because it's good doesn't mean it's actually what God's asking you to carry or what God's asking you to put into yourself or what God's asking you to do in that season. It's working out and just determining and hearing God's voice over you to say, what are the, what's right for this season? What do I need to do at this point in my life? And then we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus. It was only when Peter took his eyes off Jesus, when they were walking on water together, that he started to sink. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we begin to sink. Keep our eyes fixed on him. Focus on him. It's so easy to get distracted. I don't know if um, you're into horse racing or um, have ever seen, been, been to a race or you've watched it on telly, but they, the horses that wear these things are called blinkers. Do you know about this? So these blinkers, the reason for this is because horses have their eyes on the side. So this is where it slightly breaks down because our eyes are on the front. But anyway, um, they have um, incredible peripheral vision. So like, they can see so far to the side, whereas we obviously have to turn to the side. They, have to, they, have, they can see everything. They have all of these distractions. And so these, these blinkers, these horse blinkers, basically force them to be focused on what's in front, focused on what's ahead, focused actually on the next hurdle, focused on the next fence that they have to jump. They need to know the number of strides they have to take before they make that jump. And any distraction can completely take them off course. I wonder whether for some of us actually, 
We need to learn to put on our spiritual blinkers. We need to work out, what is it that is actually really distracting my view right now? What is it that's coming from the side that I've just kind of allowed to happen and I need to just block that away now? And what's most important to look at? Well, the answer is obvious. It's Jesus. We, we know that. If you don't know that, then the answer is Jesus. The most important person to look at is the most important um, person you can ever welcome into your life and, and, and do life with and experience relationship with. The world tells us to look at ourselves, doesn't it? How can you be a better version of you, James? How can you be a better version of you, Hannah? And actually, the reality is... Um, Therapy's great, rehab's great, all of these things, they're great. But Jesus is the only answer to the deepest longing and needs of our souls. And as followers of Jesus, the best version of ourselves really is to be a little bit more like Jesus every day. The best version of ourselves is to become more like him. And so for every one look at ourselves, we need to take ten looks at him. For everyone looking at ourselves, we need to make sure actually he is getting way more attention than us ourselves. And we, we need that because we need heavenly perspective. When we don't know what to do, we need to know that actually he is actually at the center of that cloud of witnesses, cheering us on, shouting our name. And of course, some days are tougher than others. Some days, you know, that stress, that burden, it can feel insurmountable. And it's, it's this case of just actually just hanging in there recognizing that sometimes they, these waves are going to feel bigger than other days. But there's this beautiful line in a song called Oceans. I don't know if you know it. And I will keep my eyes above the waves. I'll keep my eyes above the waves. Why do we follow him? He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only life says in this passage, he is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. It's true, isn't it? People emulate people. We follow um, the people that we, we want to um, kind of be more like. So politicians, those that give the fashion tips, those that um, are the musicians that we love to listen to. We follow these people. We follow people with high, that we give high esteem but really, if we're honest, we only should really be wanting to follow people when we know where we're ultimately going. I love going a walk with my children until they decide they're in charge. Because we end up just going so off track. And apparently going to the shops when we're in the middle of a field. And I'm thinking, the shops are four miles away and I'm going to carry all three of you at this rate. And the baby. The third is Rachel. But we need to know where we're going. And we need to live with a heavenly perspective. And with Jesus, we know where we're going. We know the finish line. The finish line is heaven. It's, it's this hope that no matter what we go through on this side of earth, there is hope in the future. Do we get that? This is just a, a, a glimpse of your eternity. One day there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more sadness, there'll be no more sickness. It'll all be okay. Loved ones will be reunited. We'll worship. And the questions that we have, we probably won't care about anymore because we'll be completely overwhelmed in his glory and in his presence. 
and in his love. And that was the joy, by the way, that Jesus regarded. It wasn't the cross, because the cross was the height of pain and the depth of shame. He didn't regard cross, the cross and dying as joy, but he could look past the horror of the cross because his joy was knowing that one day we might know healing from the cross, that we might know no more pain, no more guilt, no more shame, that we might be made right with him. And whether you believe in Jesus or not, the invitation is the same today, that you might know the healing and the invitation to that freedom. So don't lose heart. Jesus didn't give up. He didn't lose heart. He died for us. And at the cross, he once and for all removed the weight and the burden so that we can live and move with freedom. Can I ask you a question? Maybe my final question I ask you will be my final question I ask you unless you come tonight. Do you want your suffering in this world to have meaning? Do you want the trials and the pain and the sadness to have meaning in the end? You think about the story of the bear hunt. We know how that story ends. They stare into a cave, they face the bear, and they basically are scared. And so they run away. They run back home. They can't handle it. They can't deal with it. But because of what Jesus has already done, he's faced the bear. The bear's dead. The cave isn't scary. Jesus got shut in the cave with the bear for three days. And three days later, the stone was rolled away. And as a result of that, we can know that there is hope. As a result of that, we can know that we have that same power that conquered the grave that lives in us. So we can operate with that mentality and that perspective in our lives. And so what does that mean for us? Well, it means for each other we need to consider one another as we cheer each other on. I wonder this week who you can intentionally message just to say, I'm cheering you on. Do you know how powerful that is? Genuinely, when I receive that every now and then, it just does something to the spirit. We need each other. We need to support each other. Consider yourself this week as well. What is it that's hindering you right now to race well, to run well? Is there a habit? Is there an addiction? Is there something that's really pulling you back? Maybe for some of you, actually, the thing that's hindering is you feel that responsibility of holding everything together. That maybe the responsibility is something that isn't even yours to carry. It was for someone else now, and it was yours a long time ago. Perhaps maybe one of the greatest dangers, I think, is that you're carrying lies from the past and lies from the enemy right now. Can I encourage you, that's where you're at, read a great book, Live No Lies, John Mark Comer, it's brilliant. And then consider Jesus. As Christians, we need to see this world through the lens ultimately of heaven. And if we don't keep our eyes on Jesus, just like Peter on the water, we'll begin to sink. We'll begin to drift. No one starts out a marriage planning to drift. No one starts a business venture planning to drift. No one starts a relationship with Jesus planning to drift. For your marriage, have a date night. For your business, get real, get accountable. Work out the finances quickly. 
for your relationship with Jesus, make him the priority. Read your Bible. Let it nourish you daily. Let it be the daily revelation of his love and his grace. Let it be food for your soul. Come to church. Keep coming to church. Keep coming to church. Don't give up on the church. I'll never forget the second 400 meters of that run. As I came around the 300 meter bend, it was a combination of real anger towards my housemaster, who I'm pretty convinced lied to me. Or I just didn't listen properly, it's probably the latter. And the fact that I had been so confident in the run that I'd missed the assignment, I'd missed the task. But what was amazing is as I began to run that final 100 meters, my house, even though I was clearly in last place, clearly everyone had been laughing because I had basically sprinted 400 meters and then walked the second 400 meters. They started cheering my name. Bailey, Bailey, Bailey. And something happened. I don't know where it came from. Inside, I didn't have anything, but from the outside, the encouragement, I was suddenly able to go again, and I ran. I think we need to hear the sound of heaven cheering our name today. Some of us, we're, we're willing to pack it all in, give up. We're disappointed. It's been tough. Hear the sound of heaven over you today. No matter how much you misjudge a situation, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you fall over, no matter how, how many times you get hurt, even when you want to give up, you'll always have heaven's cheerleaders cheering you on. And Jesus will be with you every step of the way. Let's watch this final clip. He's on the track, kneeling down. Derek Redmond of Great Britain pulled up with an injury. He's fighting off those trying to help him. Look at this. He's going to try to finish, which you have to respect. He just wants to finish. His dad's trying to run under the track to stop him. He's going to tell him, Derek, don't. crying you're crying if that doesn't get you I don't know what will should we stand together I'd love for us just to worship to pray we're going to worship in a bit and let's just open up our, our hands as a sign of just of, of welcoming in the Holy Spirit in this moment and, and you know where you're at with him you know whether it feels like you've just ran a really good lap and you're a bit overconfident or maybe actually you're in that place where you're limping and you want to give up. The reality is we all run, we all walk with a limp. We're all broken. And we all need the loving Father to grab us. We can't do it on our own. He's with us through it all. I really hope you know, you know that in your life. 
Please don't give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Take courage. Take heart. Let your spirit be renewed to press on to the things that the Lord has called you to. He stands with us at the starting point. And he doesn't just say run. He says, let's run together. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. That you want to come alongside us right now and you want to put your arm around us and you want to carry us. You want to hold us. You want to lead us.